Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Welcome, and this is the Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you each week by Spirit Seeker Magazine that has been in publication uh, in print for 17 years now. We started in St. Louis and have um, migrated to Kansas City, Chicago, uh, Arkansas. We will be at 10 to 12 conferences over the next couple of months and uh, have been a sponsor of BhaktiFest in the Midwest. This is the second event that is happening right now. We've worked with Amici, who is coming to the Midwest, and so many conferences. Dolores Cannon in Arkansas. We will be uh, at a conference in Indiana. All of this is in Spirit Seeker Magazine. And um, so we're just delighted, you know, to, to be a part of all of these different conferences and to bring you this radio show and do know that the radio shows are archived and we know that you are listening because we get the radio stats every week so we just want to thank you for all of the support and for everyone letting their friends know about this because it's amazing we're we're getting international listeners and you know just we're just so grateful okay so my guest today is someone that I have known about for a long time and it's just a delight to finally meet her and uh, have her as my guest her name is Dr. Susan Shumsky. She is the author of eight books published by Simon & Schuster, Random House, and New Page. She spent more than 45 years teaching thousands of people meditation, prayer, affirmation, and intuition. Her book titles include Miracle Prayer, Divine Revelation, Exploring Meditation, and her latest book called Instant Healing. She's been a longtime associate of the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who is the founder of Transcendental Meditation and the guru of the Beatles and Deepak Chopra. That's the meditation, my first meditation form that I learned um, 20 years ago. And uh, she's also a popular media guest. She's a spiritual teacher, award-winning author. I could go on and on, but Dr. Shumsky, um, are you there? I'm here. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. It's like, you know, our, our, we've crossed and here we are. We're in this divine moment at this divine time. And it's, you know, I know it's all aligned perfectly. So thank you so much for for being a guest and taking time out because you are busy. <laughs> Yes, I actually really am busy. That's true. <laughs> I know. So so 45 years of teaching. So let's just start about the initial path and how uh, things are quite different uh, this many years later. I mean, you know, Spirit Seeker started 17 years ago. When I look at 17 years ago, which seems like a blip in a way, and yet in other ways it's a long time. And I know initially people were still, like, taking baby steps, and now it's so different, um, and I think you would probably agree. Well, I would agree. I'd rather look back at around 60 years ago, which was a very, very different world than we're in right now. At that time, when I was very young, you know, you go back, go to the grocery store, and what do you see? Well, you see, you see some hamburger and meat, and and you see canned vegetables and frozen vegetables, and you might have some fresh things. You might have some lettuce, some 
oranges and apples and, and fruit and so on. And right now, what do we have? We have a plethora of organic, beautiful fruits and vegetables and all of that. Okay, so that's one thing. All right, so then we look back 50, 60 years, and what do we see? We go into a bookstore. But there weren't any esoteric bookstores back then. There were two esoteric bookstores in the entire country. If you wanted to get any knowledge about metaphysics or metaphysical things, there's no Internet. There's nowhere to find any of that. Today we, we have, even in the mainstream bookstores, we have esoteric books. And today we have yoga classes on every corner, and we have meditation being taught, and we have martial arts being taught. There was nothing like that. No one even knew what meditation was. No one even knew the word yogurt, let alone the word yogi or yoga. I mean, none of that happened back then. This is a completely different world that we are living in now. We have come up to a higher spiritual vibration in such a dramatic way over just simply 50 years. I mean, it is a different place. And I am so pleased to have been a part of this revolution, of of this complete change in the culture, because I was one of the pioneers in this. So it's thrilling to me to see how the world has changed. You know, it's it's so interesting how you um, you know wove this this looking at the world in a different way. And you know, with with internet radio, at, at first I was a little resistant because I was used to um, having a show in a studio, etc. And I was like, what is this internet radio? And and really, Spirit Seeker, um, you know, at one point when I said, oh, we're doing we're published online and etc. The publishers or or the not so much the publishers, but the um, media people promoting authors were like, no, we're not interested in that. We want a paper magazine. We want to be able to see it where people can touch it. Now it is so amazing to me that they're like, oh, no, we want, what are your stats on, on digital? You know, how many readers do you have on digital? And, you know, it's really true. I mean, and this was like even three years ago. This is, you know, how wow. much things have changed. And, you know, wow. to me, I call it a tech, technology and spiritual renaissance. That's a good way to put it. It totally is. Right. And now the spiritual information is available to everyone all over the world. Right. It's, it's so amazing. So, you know, how did you get started on the spiritual path? I just want to hear what you were like as a small child because you've been on this path. I can tell even as a child you had these bright eyes looking around. <laughs> so, well, so, the thing is that, you know, that uh, I think probably I had a spiritual inclination for since I was very young. I had some interesting spiritual experiences even as a child. But what really changed my life was when I it was uh, – the 60s, and I was a hippie, and I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And at that time, probably a lot of people don't know, but those of us who were flower children, we were really interested in spiritual development and in experiencing enlightenment, spiritual enlightenment. And I was reading the Buddhist texts that I found on Telegraph Avenue near the University of California in Berkeley, and I was reading Paramahansa Yogananda's Autobiography of a Yogi, and I, and I read 
Alan Watts, The Way of the Zen, and other books by him. And in Alan Watts' books, it said that you need to find a quote-unquote meditation guide. Well, believe me, in 1966, in Berkeley, California, you didn't go to the yellow pages to find a meditation guide. Right. So I asked my roommate, well, you know, I really need to find this meditation guide. How do you suppose I, I can do that? And he said, well, have you tried to meditate yourself? And I said, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. So I lay down on my bed on my back, and I sort of prayed for a meditation. I had no idea what I was doing. I just prayed for a meditation or asked for a meditation or something. And then immediately I was propelled into this ecstatic state. This cord of energy was rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. I felt like I was plugged into an electric socket. And this electrical energy was flowing through my body. And I was connected. So I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. You know, I didn't know any better. And the fact was that I had just had my first meditation experience and my full kundalini awakening all at the same time. So that was kind of interesting. And then very soon after that, I found myself at the Transcendental Meditation Center, and um, maybe six months later, I had, I had to wait for a long time to, to actually learn meditation because there weren't any teachers on staff right there in, in Berkeley, California. But after some time, I was able to learn. And then, it, you know, a few years after that, I found myself in India on the banks of the Ganges River studying with, directly with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi who was the guru of the Beatles and of Deepak Chopra, as you mentioned in the introduction. So I stayed with him for seven years on his personal staff and a total of 22 years in his various ashrams throughout the world. And I lived in Europe for seven of those years. And, and it was a really um, wild ride, a very interesting experience to be with him. Well, and you know... You, you will find your way to the teacher. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, you know, and we've heard yes. it over and over. And it and as as we go through life, you know, different, when we're ready to, when we're progressing, soul progression, you know, the new teachers and the new experiences will come in, but it's it's all part of the journey. It's just all Absolutely. part of the journey. And, you know, I was, I, I think I was in my, well, not think, I was in my early 20s, and um, I think it was like 23, 24, and I, I met this lady, Marie, who was in her 80s, and she introduced me to all of Edgar Casey's books. She took me to the Theosophical Society to meet my first yogi. You know, she, and she used to have a boarding house when she was younger with all kinds of chiropractic students that stayed in her house. And so she just, you know, she had a better pulse on all of this than anyone I had ever met. Right. And she just kept putting books into my hands. And, you know, she wasn't driving at that point. She'd say, hey, you want to you take me over to this place? And I was right. like, I was like exactly. this sponge going, yes, yes. And, uh, and, and, you know, you just look at the guides that, you know, show up when you're open, willing, and ready. And uh, it's just a magnificent journey. So, um, so we, there's so many ways we can go in this this interview. But I do, I do want to ask with your new book, since you know this is this is your latest work, and it's uh, it's in, called Instant Healing Listeners, and it says uh, gain inner strength, empower yourself, and create your destiny. So when you speak of instant healing, 
Um, and also I want to mention that Terry Cole Whitaker was the forward is by her, author of Live Your Bliss. Well, I can remember Terry Cole Whitaker. I mean, this was in the early 80s as well. Someone moved to St. Louis from California and brought this whole, like, booklet. You know, you open it up and they were like uh, – 20 tapes from all of like these Terry Cole Whitaker um, Sunday sermons at her church. So, I mean, that's how far back it goes that I've been listening to Terry Cole Whitaker. And so when I saw that on your book, I thought, of course these two, of course they're symbiotic, of course. But, I mean, you know, I mean, she was way ahead of her time, you know, in so many ways too, you know. Um, exactly. Right. So so tell us, Dr. Shumfi, what is instant healing and how how does a person um, learn and open to this? Well, instant healing is, well, the book itself has 243 affirmative prayers that people can use when they want to either heal themselves, uh, their mind, their body, their emotions, or if they want to manifest something in their life, if they want to draw something into their life and change, transform their life in some way, that's what this book helps people to do. And you, you don't have to learn anything or have any particular skill or, be, or have any uh, special knowledge all you have to do is you just open the book. You actually go to the appendix and you look up and see what it is that is close to the seeming problem that you have at that time. And then you go to that page and you read the prayer out loud or the affirmation, affirmative, what we call affirmative prayer out loud, and you get instant results. And what do I mean by instant results? Well, you'll feel better immediately. Uh-huh. In other words, the... the uh, the really uh, what I what I call it, what, how I describe this book is transform your life in five minutes or less, and that's really the truth. You will immediately feel better. You'll feel more centered, more grounded, more in touch with your true self, in touch with spirit, and it happens instantly. So that's what is so cool about this particular method uh, of prayer. So that's that's what this is. So uh, this book is fabulous in that you acknowledge some of the amazing teachers who developed these methods that you have studied. And I mean, I'm just going to list a few. Phineas Parker's Quimby, father of New Thought, um, a miraculous. Okay, so Susan, uh, you have worked with the human potential movement from the very beginning, working with the new consciousness, the new age, the new thought, you know, Unity Church with uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, religious science with you know, uh, Ernest Holmes, um, you've, you've learned affirmation, scientific prayer, et cetera. You've studied with uh, and, and studied the methods of some of the teachers, Phineas Park, uh, Parker's Quimby, the father of New Thought, Mary Baker Eddy, who I just think, oh, I mean, she just, you know, she, she was on the planet from 1821 to 1910. Emma Curtis Hopkins, 1853 to 1925, who um, was a high mysticism teacher of the New Thought teachers, including Ernest Holmes and the Fillmores. Um, this person I'm not familiar with, uh, Melinda Kramer from 1844 to 1906. 
but Nona, uh, Nona L. Brooks uh, and the, they're the founders of Divine Science, which I know Divine Science, but I wasn't familiar with the founders, um, and on and on, and then Peter Victor Meyer and, of course, Louise Hay. So you have been on the forefront of all of these different uh, people who, metaphysicians and scientific prayer and affirmations. I mean, what, is, what was it like to just, like, you know, have all of this information just, you know, put in front of you and you absorb it, so to speak? Well, the thing is, after spending 22 years in the ashram and experiencing what I call the impersonal aspect of God, which is what yogis are all seeking, they're all seeking to experience this absolute bliss consciousness called sat-chit-ananda, and to experience something called samadhi, which means basically stable intellect. It means being completely centered in a state of wholeness and oneness is really how I would describe samadhi. And so I experienced that on a daily basis when I was involved with the Transcendental Meditation Organization for 22 years. And this was an amazing, amazing experience to have this the bliss consciousness, to be in that state of perfection and perfect peace and deep relaxation that you get when you are experiencing, and I call it, it's called yoga. Yoga yoga is not an exercise on the, on the mat, on the floor. What yoga means is a Sanskrit word that means union of the individual spirit with universal spirit. So I experienced that daily. But what was missing from my spiritual experience was this experience of the personal aspect of God, the experience of having, being able to have conversations with God, being able to be intimate with God on a personal level. And what's really missing when you are only experiencing yoga, what's really missing is the experience of love, of divine love. So that absolute bliss consciousness does not contain love. Love is not a part of it. Love is the experience you get when you're experiencing the personal aspect of the divine. So I realized after this wonderful new transformation that I was going through, that after learning how to listen to the still small voice of God within, I realized that you really need both. You need to experience both the impersonal and the personal aspects of the divine, both. And that when you experience both, then you have a full spiritual experience. So that, that was what I needed, let's put it that way. I mean, everyone has their own spiritual path and they have their own spiritual needs. But this is what I needed. I needed to have this direct experience of the divine and to be able to have the love, the light, the divine grace, blessings, and to be able to speak directly with God and have God speak back to me. So I founded something called Divine Revelation so that I could help people to learn how to do this, and I wrote a book called Divine Revelation. And I've written several other books along that line, along that subject also. Well, I really and like part how... Of, part of, Oops, go ahead, sorry. And, and part of that teaching has to do with scientific prayer, affirmative prayer, and you gave a really good and concise little history of scientific prayer there with these various new thought pioneers. 
Well, and you know, it's it's just interesting. You know, Florence Scovel Shin, who wrote The Game of Life. Right. You know, just exactly. in the early 1900s, she was one of the first female metaphysicians, you know, wanting to get a book published, and they all just you know, kind of poo-pooed her. And she self-published that book in the early 1900s. I mean, I find that amazing. It's it's wow. still in print all over the world, and it's one of the best books ever written, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, she's one of those uh, new thought pioneers, yeah. Right, right. So the, I like the way um, you, uh, with your instant healing book, I like that you have three parts. And part one is changing your mind and gaining the inner strength and empowerment, healing emotions and deep-seated beliefs, healing and forgiving relationships, overcoming addictions and codependency, dispelling illusions and false perceptions, becoming all you can be. So you work with the mind and really working with all of that. But then you segue into part two, which is, you know, we, we uh, and this seems to be the key that I keep hearing from every angle is lifting your environment. And, you know, I'm a feng shui consultant and what, what you know, this book just is a vibrational alignment with that because, you know, you have to work with your space and all of the different um, people, entities, uh, but, you're, but if your space is muddy, and your thinking is clear, the muddy space will then affect your thinking. So it's like, I love how you're like, okay, now you've mastered this part, but now you really need to look at the other part. Right, yeah. Changing your mind and lifting your environment in part two, where you're healing environmental static, healing entities and vampires, overcoming enemies and saboteurs, making your space into a cathedral. Yeah, that's that's sacredness. Yeah, and I, 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 I love this uh, quote by Agnathas Warren. And each, each chapter, by the way, listeners, um, has this, a, a beautiful quote from, from one of the different people that, you know, have offered their wisdom through, through all time. And so the Making Your Space into a Cathedral says, a person whose mind is free from negative thinking spreads a life-giving influence in much the same way that a tree gives oxygen. I think that is just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and here's yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. On, on to part three. Part three is actually making dreams come true. So that part is about manifesting your desires and goals and dreams. So in making dreams come true, we have uh, the chapters are living in perfect health, magnetizing love, attracting prosperity, making life a success, enjoying happiness, transforming the planet and then creating heaven on earth. So a total of 243 of these affirmative prayers. And maybe I should define what an affirmative prayer is. Can I do that? Yes. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, so an affirmative prayer is a specific kind of prayer that is maybe a little different than other prayers you have learned uh, before. Actually, in fact, the... Uh, the, I guess they call it the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus wrote, that prayer happens to be in, uh, this, met, in this format of affirmative prayer. So affirmative prayer is about claiming your good and stating the truth rather than begging, pleading, and petitioning to God. So it's a different type of prayer. It's a type of prayer where you are changing your thought patterns, you're changing your mind, and you are affirming the truth 
rather than the what we might call the facts, F-A-C-T-S. Instead of the facts, you're affirming the truth, the ultimate truth, the ultimate reality. And included in that format of affirmative prayer is stating uh, the qualities of, of the divine that are... Uh, that are uh, that you're addressing in your prayer and then unifying with the divine and then healing anything and preventing anything from well actually the next step would be making your claim making your claim would be to state the truth in other words for example i now claim for myself perfect health or better now you know that would be claiming the truth about your health, let's say. And then the next step would be healing any seeming blockages that have prevented you from getting your claim. And then the next step is accepting it fully in consciousness. And then the next step would be to thank God for manifesting that in your life. And then the last two steps are releasing, letting it go, and then going into the silence at the end. So... Those are the steps of this method of prayer. It's a step-by-step kind of process. And there's two kinds of prayers in this particular book. There are what I call affirmative prayers, and then there's prayer treatments. Prayer treatments are longer. They go through that whole sequence that I just mentioned of all those steps, a little bit more complicated. And also they get to the cause behind the cause behind the cause of the difficulty so that you can heal and release what has what has caused this problem or this blockage. And the uh, shorter affirmative prayers are just basically statements of truth. And both kinds of prayers are really helpful, and they will help you to transform your mind and your emotions and your body instantly. Well, and uh, you talk about using the I am presence. Yes, that's true. I do. So... So for the listeners who are like, what is the I am presence? You know, the I am statements are the strongest statements that anyone can possibly use. And it's invoking it as if it's here now. But, but let's, let's hear you explain it just a little bit more in how using the I am presence can totally shift your life. Well, the mighty I am presence is your higher self, really. And it is God in action, God in activity, it is God within you. That's what the I am presence is. And in the Bible, the I am presence is referred to when they talk about the burning bush, when Moses saw the burning bush and then the words, I am that I am, came from that. And Moses had a conversation with God there. And God identified itself as I am that I am. So that mighty I am presence, well... I'll just make it real simple. If you're going to use the words I am, and whenever you say I am, you're in fact invoking the mighty I am presence. So whenever you use these powerful words, I am, it's a good idea for you to say, after you use those words, to say something you want to own. So it's not really helpful to say things like, oh, I am so poor, or I'm so unhappy, I'm so sick, I'm so fat, I'm so unworthy, and things like that. Because certainly those are going to manifest. Whenever you invoke the mighty I am presence, you are calling upon manifestation power. 
So it's better to say things, statements such as, I am powerful, I am joyous, I am happy, I am slender, and I am at the perfect weight and size, I am fulfilled, I am uh, wealthy, I am abundant. So when you say statements such as that, those are going to manifest because whatever you say when you use the, the words I am will manifest in your life. So it's really important that you pay attention to what you say. Now, I'm just going to quote something that was stated long, long ago, and that is, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. If a person speaks or acts with a pure thought, then happiness follows him or her. If a person speaks or acts with an impure thought, then unhappiness follows him or her. All right, this is a statement from Lord Buddha. It's the very first verse of the first chapter of the Dhammapada, which is the most important scripture in Buddhism. So what Lord Buddha is telling us in this scripture and in this statement is that we are creating our own destiny through our thoughts, he says, all that we are is the result of what we have thought, okay? All that we are, not just every other Tuesday, not just sometimes, but all that we are is the result of what we have thought. That's what he's telling us. And he's also going on to say, if a person speaks or acts, so that means that speech and action also create our destiny. So he's saying, as a summary of this statement, we create our own destiny through our thoughts, through our words, and through our deeds. So because we are responsible for our own life, according to what we are thinking, speaking, and doing, that means we can change our destiny by changing our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Now, the great thing about this book, Instant Healing, and about this method, is that you don't have to learn anything. You can just go to the page in the book, and you actually, as we were talking off, off the air, you were saying, what I love to do is just open this book to a page and just read the prayer. And you'd be amazed that that's really what you need at that moment. So you could use this like that, sort of like a divination book where you just open it and you read it. And what you'll find is you're going to feel better immediately. Oh, it's, it's just fabulous. I mean, you know, I, even before you started talking um, about, uh, you know, this whole thing with thoughts or things, and, you know, that's the basic thing is working with the, the thoughts, I opened the book to Chapter 14, Making Life a Success. And it's just, you know, totally uh, dovetails into what you're saying. It says, success doesn't come the way you think it does. It comes from the way you think. Robert Schuller. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, and, I love that quote. You know, so, you know, and, and, and so many, let's just address this right out here. Okay, so many spiritual people think that in order to be spiritual, you're not supposed to really be thinking about, you know, the, the creature comforts and, you know, having prosperity and abundance. And, you know, what, what I, you know, have understood is that, and what I'm really getting more than ever right now, is that once you have those things uh, attained, you can help even more people. So why not, you know, get the root chakra things just handled and, and go for more, uh, more blessings because the more blessings you have, the more you can bless other people. 
that was very wisely and aptly stated, Cindy. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I, I remember right before I was teaching in Alaska, it was 1997, and I, was, uh, I had been hired to teach a workshop with holistic practitioners that, you know, a lot of their, the way they did their work was bartering, and they did not know how to charge. And so a lot of the holistic practitioners were going, uh, going out of business because they couldn't support themselves with, you know, just having food provided and et cetera. And so they said, will you come up and teach a breathwork class and, you know, help people change their thoughts on this? And I kid you not, right? before I got on the plane or was leaving for the airport, the mail came. And there was this package, and I thought, oh, I wonder what's coming in the mail today. And it was creating, uh, it was called True Prosperity by Shakti Gawain. And I read that book on on the way to Alaska, and I'll just never forget what she was talking about. She said, there's a lot of confusion with the new age um, thinking that, you know, you're not supposed to ask for prosperity, you're, you're not supposed to ask for things. And, and then she went on to say that, the feeling of prosperity is an intrinsic thing. She said that's why you can have people who have all kinds of money and et cetera, but they still do not consider themselves um, safe and secure. And then you have someone else who manifests enough to get by, and they're actually almost more secure. Bottom line, it's, it's, it's an inner state, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think, I think so many people Everything think it's an, an inner state. <laughs> Right, right. And so many people think it's an either or. And, you know, and this is the perfect time to go into uh, the, the, the secret that came out and many people studying the law of attraction. And, and then they think it's like, oh, that's, that was, you know, that's, you know, whatever. That doesn't work or whatever. So why do you think, Susan, that so many people have become disenchanted with the law of attraction? Well, there's a couple different reasons why they have become disenchanted with the whole idea of the secret and the law of attraction and all of that. And many people, when they read that book, what they did is, okay, wow, now I can create anything I want. So I'm just going to make my laundry list now of what I want. All right, so I want the big house on the hill. I want the husband. I want the 2.3 children. I want the Mercedes Benz. I want all these things. So they make their laundry list. And then they may or may not manifest those things in their life. If they don't manifest them, then they get totally frustrated. If they do manifest them, and if it really isn't the right thing for them, then they become completely disenchanted and and completely jaded. And now, oh, I have this husband who's cheating on me, and now I have this house I can't afford the mortgage, and now I have this this uh, these children whatever it is you know they're complaining about everything they've manifested so and then of course there's another category of people who manifested these things and they're perfectly happy and and wonderful and it worked perfectly for them all right so i'm just going to address the people who it didn't work for them and what i believe is the crux of the problem here is that they're praying backwards And what do I mean by praying backwards? Well, praying backwards would be to make this laundry list without first finding out what is best for you to pray for in the first place. Okay, so the crux of my teaching is about listening to the still, small voice within you. So listening to that inner voice means getting in touch with your true higher self, with your true desires, your true purpose, the true plan for your life before you start asking to manifest things. So it's really important that you first discover what is highest wisdom for you to manifest, and that is done simply by asking within 
what is highest wisdom for me or, or what is my purpose what's the plan what's the pathway what's what is it that i am supposed to be doing on this planet because every one of us is a mighty powerful spiritual being we and we all have something to do on this planet we have a mission we have a pathway we have a purpose and we can dis- discover that pathway and purpose by asking and finding out what is highest wisdom for us. And then once we get some clue about that, I mean, spirit may not reveal everything to you, right, immediately, but once we get some clue, we get some guidance, some inner guidance, then we follow that. And when we follow that, then we can begin to pray for, then we can make our laundry list. Okay, it's highest wisdom for me to have the house on the hill, the, the, the husband, the the whatever it is, whether it's that or something else, I mean, our, everyone's priorities are going to be different. And some people, it's best for them to manifest the, the things that I mentioned. And some people, it's best to manifest something else in their life because every one of us has a unique divine purpose. And we need to be focusing and discovering on what that is and then manifest that in our life. So well, these that's, methods of prayer can help us to manifest these things. Yeah, and you know, you, you talk about um, you know life purpose and et cetera, and you know, a lot of people really have no clue. They just, they just, they don't do that deeper introspection, which you know, I really like how uh, you said highest good, you know, for me, and you know, I always like to say highest good for me and highest good for all concerned, you know, in, in most of the situations. Right. But you know, you have to start with highest good for me because why am I here and how can I best use this time and energy and you know, helping other people and you know, this is, this dovetails into uh, the question of how does the law of karma relate to the law of attraction? How are these two interrelated? Which I think you just touched on. Right. So the law of karma states it is done unto you as you believe. That is the law of karma. It is done unto you as you believe. The word karma means action. It's a Sanskrit word that means action. It does not mean action and payback. It does not mean reward or punishment. It doesn't mean any of those things. It simply means action. And we are creating actions every moment of our life through our thoughts, through our words, and through our deeds. All of that is action. Every thought is an action. Every word is an action. Every deed is an action. So we are creating our destiny in each moment. And that's called Kriyamana Karma, the karma we're creating in every moment. That's a Sanskrit word I just said, Kriyamana Karma. That's the karma we're creating moment by moment. And then there's two other kinds of karmas. There's the prarabdha karma, which is the karma that's like a chunk of karma that we have taken for this lifetime to live out. And then there's the sanchit, what they call sanchit karma, which is our big mountain of karma. So the mountain of karma is every past action, thought, word, and deed we have ever experienced throughout our lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Prarabdha karma is the little piece of karma we took out to live this life, and Kriyamana karma is what we're creating moment by moment. So after having explained that a little bit, you must realize that we're creating our own reality and our own destiny moment by moment by moment, and we can create a new reality and a new destiny by changing our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. And, you know, it's just so many people have a, a... 
a misunderstanding, I think, of karma and looking at it only from the aspect of, okay, so what goes around comes around. Well, yes, that is a part of it, but there's just so much more um, right. to it. And I, and I think when you when right. you you know you explained it beautifully, and I, I think that once people get that the uh, that the the law of attraction is related to the law of karma. I mean, it's all intertwined. Right. So the thing is that the law of karma states it is done unto you according to your belief. So what belief are we talking about? Are we talking about the conscious belief or the subconscious belief? So the reality is we're talking about the subconscious belief because it is our deepest convictions that manifest in our life. You know, people often say, well, what, what is in my subconscious mind? What is it that I unconsciously believe? Well, you can discover that right now. All you have to do is just look at your life. There it is. It's right there in front of you. Whatever it is that you believe in your subconscious mind is exactly what outpictures in your life. In other words, manifests in your life. So... That is what you have manifested so far. Now, the law of attraction is basically the law of karma. It's the same thing. There's really no difference between the law of attraction and the law of karma. It is done unto you according to your subconscious belief. You know, it's very interesting. I I studied with a teacher from India that I brought to um, St. Louis on, I don't know, I think four different occasions. And this is just an example, I think, of... Um, it was just fascinating. He arrived, and, you know, you don't have direct access to him, you know, the different people I had worked with in his organization. And, you know, I wanted to learn more about karma. This was back in 2005, and I'd just done this 40-day fast. And, um, you know, 40 days, it was like this really big, spiritual thing that I um, that I committed to and so 40 days without any food and then here comes my teacher from India so I'm really in this wonderful blissed out state and you know it was in the middle of a conference and um, and I had been instructed that we needed to have 100 uh, there were going to be 100 attendees at this lecture so 100 blue carnations and 100 lemons for one of the um, karma clearing techniques so uh, the, they arrive and but before they arrived the hotel could not find the 100 carnations they just and I knew they had been delivered the florist had acknowledged that they were delivered but the hotel couldn't find them and I said well I have to have these 100 blue carnations well we're so sorry we don't know what's happened to them so there was this volunteer the attendee from Chicago who had driven down to you know hear hear this talk on karma and she says you seem flustered is there anything I can help you with I'm like well yeah if you can help me manifest 100 blue carnations for this karma talk <laughs> on a Sunday morning that would be just dandy <laughs> and she says well who would I call them like start with schnooks this grocery store that it's a floral department so she gets on the phone she comes back she goes okay they'll have them ready in an hour i'm like okay so in comes the teacher and i said okay uh he says what what am i uh speaking on today i said you're speaking on karma and clearing karma and he says and how long do i have to speak and i told him and he says oh there's no way i can do that in that amount of time um we'll have to do something else and i said well i have the hundred blue carnations and i have the hundred beautiful lemons my girlfriend who owned a market you know had gotten the most beautiful lemons and everything so you know the attachment i have everything i i, I now have <laughs> the you know so you can imagine and i thought okay in this moment just let it go right and he said well i'm so sorry um you know, whatever. So we go into the lecture. The the air conditioning wasn't working. There are 100 people now in this small Crampton room with a divider between that room and the next room that w- would not close totally. So we're hearing every word over there. And what oh, does goodness. this teacher do? He goes into total 100-person silence. 
And he was compressing time. I, I got it later what he was doing. He took time and just compressed it. And, you know, everyone in that room was like, when is he going to start talking? And, you know, they were starting to get restless, but then the ones who really got it sunk into what was happening. And you could see. You could see the people who got it and the people that didn't. And then the next thing you know, he starts and he delivers the full, complete karma lecture in the amount of time, teaches the technique. Well, guess what happened? I mean, this is just, I mean, I just look back at this and I'm like, oh, my goodness, the way spirit and God work. They found the other hundred carnations, of course, after the other ones arrived. So we had all these, now 200 blue carnations. We had the hundred <laughs> lemons. Oh, I know. You, you get it. I know you do. And so the beautiful thing that happened is we were able to take those extra 100 blue carnations that were blessed by everything that happened with this whole magical experience, and the volunteers delivered them to the 100 exhibitors in the room that, of course, couldn't come to the lecture. And I just have never forgotten how, you know, you just trust full faith. There was a higher divine everything in this, and that whole karma clearing that, that occurred, you know, was was able to be blessed with all these other people and I just thought, Oh my goodness, you know, you just you just don't understand everything in the moment, but if you don't get upset, it's amazing what can happen. That's for sure. Absolutely. We get a yeah. higher perspective later. <laughs> right. Oh I know. And uh I do want to talk about grace though. You know, we, we people talk about karma and they talk about, you know, manifestation, law of attraction, but not everyone really gets the the, the law of grace or, or what a state of grace is. So would you please talk about that just a little bit? Right. Uh so the fact is that there is the law of karma which it it is done unto you according to your belief. That is the definition of the law of karma, according to my definition anyway. And then the law of grace, that states, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Or if you prefer the word spirit or some other word, you can use that. With spirit, all things are possible. So what that means is that the law of karma, yes, we're creating everything through our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. However, if we connect with spirit, if we align ourselves and unify ourselves with God, then all things are possible. So that's really the principle that we're using in scientific prayer because we are during this prayer, we are aligning ourselves with spirit. We are aligning ourselves with God. And really, there is only one thing we need to do in order to manifest anything, and that is to simply forget about the problem, forget about the difficulty, forget about whatever it is we're trying to do, and think about God instead. And that's pretty much a paraphrase of Emmett Fox, by the way. <laughs> He's the one that said that. Forget about the difficulty and think about God instead. So when you align yourself with spirit, then you are using the magical, mystical law of grace and you are manifesting a higher dimension, a higher power in your life, which manifests your good, your highest good, highest for you and highest for all others concerned. So that is the way to live, is to unite yourself with spirit. Beautiful. Then you're you putting know, the law of grace into operation. 
You know, I, I just feel, you know, humbled and honored each and every day of doing this work, and it just never ceases to amaze me. And, you know, you, you, you've been on this path for, for, for such a long time, and, and you know, I, I just have the sense that you um, would agree that the, the young people, like, I mean, some of these young people in their 20s, early 20s, they get it. It's like, did they just walk in with this information or, were they, or you know, but I think it's the evolution, you know, and um, I mean, they're just, you know, I'm more and more 20 and 30 year olds are reading Spirit Seeker. Of course, it, it, it comes through the internet. I mean, they are their iPhones. I mean, you know, they they don't really go looking to take another tree down so that they can hold it in their hands. I mean, it's just a whole different telecommunication <laughs> here. You know, you know what I, I know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know, right. and. Uh, and you know, you, let's let's talk about your trips. I mean, you do so many things. You you take do spiritual travel. Um, you've been all over. I mean, do you have any trips coming up that you're taking people on? Or well, yes. In April of 2014, we're going to be doing a cruise to the Caribbean. Uh, recently, I was I took people out to this incredible festival in India called the Kumbh Mela. Oh, yes. More recently, there was a trip to Peru and so on and so on. So I do have travels and tours to sacred destinations. It is on my website, and one of my websites, which is divinetravels.com. That's D-I-V-I-N-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-S.com, divinetravels, plural, .com. And you can reach all of this uh, through um, the main website, um, but right. divine, yes, divinetravels.com, and every, everything's there. And, you know, you've been on so no, many actually different shows. The main website, actually, the main website is drsusan.org, drsusan.org. On that web, website, you're going to find all my uh, books, and you can read the first chapter of all of my books. There are teleseminars, free teleseminars there to listen to, radio interviews, all kinds of stuff. It's just filled with a vast amount of information and yeah. things you're you very generous. Do. Yeah, you're just very generous, and, you know, you've been, you know, I, so many different media guests and, you know, of different shows, and, you know, I mean, you're just doing the work, and, and it feels like play because of your energy, and I just, you know, really want to thank you. I mean, I have heard about you for years, and it was, you know, when, you know, and it was so interesting. Your publicist contacted me, and then you contacted me, and it was all, like, within the same window, and, I, and neither one of you knew that that had happened, and I thought, I thought, this is just, okay, I have to, like, you know, really listen to this, and uh, so. <laughs> So I just, you know, really want to thank you and, you know, and listeners, seriously, the, the website has so many different things. There, you know, I didn't even know about the drsusan.org, but the divinerevelations.org then, you know, takes you to all these different spots. But you've been hearing about instant healing and um, Dr. Shumsky is, you know, she has a, a vast travel schedule. She does private coaching. She does all kinds of things. So get to her website, find it, get, the, you know, this new book is fabulous. This, I think everyone should have this book. I mean, seriously. You just open it up, or if you want to find a specific prayer, you look in the index, and I don't know. Dr. Susan, anything else you want to add? I mean, I'm just so grateful that um, you you were able to find the time to be on the show, and uh, just thank you so much for being my guest. It's my joy and pleasure to be here today, Cindy, and uh, had a wonderful time speaking with you. Okay. Well, listeners, this is the Spirit Seeker radio show. It's every single week brought to you by Spirit Seeker magazine. And, you know, you can, uh, the new Spirit Seeker site will be up 
soon. I don't know how soon because Mercury is retrograde, but it is in. It was started before Mercury went retrograde, so it should be up soon. And uh, we have several several things. You know, I'm going to Spain and Morocco, uh, and I will be researching a trip to take people on in 2014. And you know, we have the crystal mining trip that's coming up in in Arkansas in September. So stay tuned. Like the show. The more you like uh, the show, and all you have to do is go to Blog Talk Radio dot com forward slash Cindy Meyer, which is C Y N D E M E Y E R. When you like the show, it's it's now we're a favorite show with Blog Talk because they can see that people are listening and they, you know, they look at the feedback and um, and if you send an email to info at spiritseeker.com, we will add you to our sacrosanct email list. We do allow people to advertise their events on that list, but we do not sell your name, so it will always be someone that Spirit Seeker is working with and you know of that same um, vibration. So, Dr. Susan, thank you so much, and listeners, thank you so much, and uh, just have a blessed peaceful day, evening, whatever time you're listening to this, because remember, every show is archived, and we know you're listening after hours because we get the stats, and we just thank you all so much for being part of this spiritual renaissance and this technology renaissance, and we are very lucky to be on the planet at this time, so read books such as Instant Healing and embrace these prayers and see what happens. It's magical. So thank you so much, and good night, everyone. Have a blessed day.